Welcome to E-Commerce Insights, trends, tips, and lessons learned, sponsored by Atmosol, a leading e-commerce technology company based in Chandler, Arizona, and Dallas, Texas. Each month, we talk to e-commerce entrepreneurs, vendors, and experts who share their expertise, experiences, and thoughts about navigating the ever-changing world of e-commerce. Ready to get started? So are we. Join host Ram Mohan and co-host Honey Olson with today's guests. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'd like to welcome our guests, Tony and Sunny. We're going to have an awesome conversation, but first we're going to start off by you guys giving us a little bit of background about yourselves and your companies and really briefly what you're going to talk about today. So, Tony, we'll go ahead and start with you. Oh, sure. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody, uh, my name is Tony Capitol and I'm a Senior Programs Manager and Omnichannel Growth Manager at Feedonomics. Uh, Feedonomics is a leading product syndication and channel management platform for e-commerce businesses. We essentially help support merchants who would like to list their products on today's uh, leading advertising and marketplace channels. This includes channels like Google and Facebook and Amazon and Walmart. My background specifically has been in e-commerce for now about 10 years or so. Um, I got started in digital marketing right out of film school and worked in channel and ads management for a number of years leading up to joining originally the big commerce team back in uh, this past November and now the Feedonomics team as of February. And my team specifically is the Amity Channel Partnerships team. And we oversee the channel partner relationships between these different channels that I mentioned earlier, but also uh, partnerships with uh, merchants and tech partners and agencies to be able to support the omni-channel narrative and helping merchants succeed across these different channels. And you're partnering with Big Commerce right now in this, right? Yes, absolutely. So, Feedonomics was acquired by Big Commerce about a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Um, so it's a wholly owned subsidiary, and gotcha. uh, there is uh, what we kind of say is that Feedonomics is uh, Big Commerce's uh, platform agnostic omni-channel center for excellence. Okay. <laughs> All right, and uh, thank you, Tony, <laughs> Sunny. Yeah, thank you for having me. My name is Sunny Gill, just based outside of Toronto, Canada. I've spent the first six years of my career in sales and consulting around SaaS and more recently pivoted to the e-commerce space, probably for the last four years. Uh, Originally, I was at an e-commerce integration company where we integrated e-commerce platforms into 3PLs, ERPs, IMS, WMS, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, more recently, I'm at a company called Rewind as a partnership manager. So Rewind is a backup and restoring solution for e-commerce platforms, but also developer platforms like Jira, Confluence, Trello, things like Bitbucket, GitHub, QuickBooks. And we really take snapshots of individual user-level data and uh, allow you to restore it as you need in case any of the things go wrong that we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, in the podcast. <laughs> but thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. All right. Uh, well, yeah, this is a pretty laid back thing. You know, I'm not going to sit here and ping a bunch of questions at you. So. Uh, so I guess we could kind of get started with you, Sunny. So um, explain a little bit more about, you know, Rewind and, and how it works within the e-commerce space. Like what's the, why would a business need to contact Rewind? What's the service that it would provide? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So many merchants don't know that most platforms operate on what's called the shared responsibility model. So platforms like BigCommerce and Shopify they only back up platform level data. They don't actually back up store level data. So, you know, if there's an issue with the e-commerce store, they won't actually be able to help you out. So what we do is mitigate the risk to e-commerce merchants of store downtime. 
So you're able to safeguard your store, quickly recover from simple or complex issues. And really installing Rewind really eliminates the need for worrying about manual CSV uploads as we automatically back up information. And, you know, if anything does occur, any situations occur, we can quickly and easily restore your data as well. And we work with all sorts of e-commerce clients. So like, it doesn't really matter about orders or anything like that. It's really about the data that you have in your store. So if there's heavy coding, if there's a lot of theme work, mm-hmm. uh, blogs, any other marketing material or with SEO implications, we restore all of that and back up all of that data as well. Okay, so like if my store were to go down, rewind, I would able to bring it back up incomplete. I mean, I don't have to have anything else. You have it all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what we do is, we'll, again, like I said, we'll take snapshots of the data that changes. So if you do change your themes or your blogs or pages or any code, we'll take snapshots and you'll be able to rewind it back in time to when it was working correctly. So say a rogue CSV upload, like I mentioned, or some sort of human error, or if you have multiple developers pushing code together at the same time, which I'm sure, how do you, oh, you no, know, that we, never we, happens. Yeah. Yeah. No. Or, or, or if, um, <laughs> if, or if uh, your merchant or partner changes their mind on something that's, that's uh, going on in the store as well, you're able to rewind it to a point in time that it was working correctly and you can do individual item restores. So we had a funny story. not really a funny story. It's kind of a funny story now, but one of our partners let me know that one of his merchants hired his daughter's friend to be their social media manager oh, no. and ended up deleting all of their blogs over the past two years, which, thank you, Tony, <laughs> which actually had obviously a lot of SEO oh implications God. as well, but they had rewind installed, right? They had rewind installed. Oh. So they were able to go back in time and actually just re- restore all those blogs. But I don't know what happened to the, the social media manager. I'm not sure if she was fired <laughs> at all or just sticks to Instagram and Twitter now. But yeah, things like that. <laughs> things can happen. Human errors happen. And that's what we're here to really solve. Okay. All right. So you, you kind of talked about some of the mistakes that people make. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. a big one. <laughs> what about security? Because I mean, I know like security is a really big thing now for most people. So how does Rewind protect the, the data that it is backing up? Yeah, yeah, really good question. I think we're built on a security first model. So we're experts in data backups. Security is not just a feature of ours. And we're happy to like share our security practices as well. We have a full security portal, which covers everything that we do. And we're able to store and host data where you are. So we have merchants in Europe where we can store data. We have merchants in North America, we can store data and Australia as well. Uh, We are CCPA compliant, GDPR compliant, SOC 2, Type 2 compliant, Papeda compliant. We have full documentation of all reports that we run as well. We log all of our product security, our network diagrams, security white papers, data, like all sorts of security. I could talk for days about what we have, but we have a security portal that covers it and have our rewind applications and our backups and all of our application grades on that security portal as well. And we're all A plus in all those grades. So we do really take security very seriously. Tony, we were just talking about security. So one of the questions that I had about Feedonomics is, you know, as you guys are pulling things from, say, say, big commerce, let's just use e-commerce as a platform, and putting them into others, how are you securing the data? How can, can people feel that the data that is being moved to other different channels is actually secure and not going to be taken by somebody? Sure, of course. So, um, you know, I, I think that has that speaks to the technology that we have. It's, okay. They 
uh, essentially and have their own account and then they have their own databases that are stored within the Phenonomics platform. So we're acting as a, as a middleware with multiple security levels to protect the data on the internal as, aspect, um, which is then once it's homogenized and optimized, then transferred to these different channels. Um, the security of that is of the utmost concern. So we follow all best practices when it comes to security, following understanding, A, how to secure uh, user information, but also how do we secure things like order information and uh, product data that the merchants are sending through our platform. So let's let's kind of move more and more into Feedomonics. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about some of the services that you guys could provide for, for, for merchants? Yeah, absolutely. So it's primarily around feed management and uh, product data optimization. Mm-hmm. Um, so merchants today, they need to be able to list and advertise and market their, their products across a number of different channels online. Uh, this includes uh, search, social, marketplaces, and Phenomics is the engine that powers that, right? It is a middleware that ingests product data from a disparate array of sources, right? It could, where, it could be where the e-commerce donor has their data living in their e-commerce store, could be in other areas like a PIM or an ERP. We ingest that data and we homogenize it to ensure that the data itself uh, is clean and concise as far as the best practices that need to be followed on a general channel basis. Mm -hmm. But then each channel has its own requirements. So a Google is going to want different data than Facebook, is going to want different data than Amazon, is going to want different data than a Walmart. So the big part of that is AI and our managed services to massage and optimize that data on a per channel basis. So it's we're driving towards increased merchant sales because we increase the relevancy and the opti- of the optimized product data. It increases the opportunity for products and let's say Google to appear more readily in the search results or Amazon when somebody's searching on Amazon. Uh, the other half of that though is also in order management. So right. uh, Phenomics also acts as a middleware for orders being placed on 3P marketplaces and passing that data back into merchant right. systems, whether that's their e-commerce platform or it could be you know, a bypass into their ERP or you know, PIM or wherever it needs to go. This can be done directly through APIs to the e-commerce platforms, but also can be done through REST API and SFTP uploads. Okay, so it someone doesn't necessarily have to use the e-commerce platform as the hub, essentially. Yeah, so it's essentially wherever the source of truth of data is. So again, Phenomics is not trying to be a PIM. It's not trying to be the source of data. Mm-hmm. The source of data can be the e-commerce platform or other parts of the of the merchant-owned systems that can house product data. And we're the, we're the middleware that's ingesting that and optimizing oh. that in between. Okay, so let, let's get start to kind of pick them apart, you know, because you, you were talking about how Google has its own things that it needs and Amazon has its own and things like that. How does Phenomics differentiate those? I mean, is does like is it automatically done for the consumer or for the merchant or do they have to have separate feeds? Because like right now, I will run feeds separately for diff- for merchants. So I might have to set up a feed mm-hmm. for Google. I might have to set up a feed for Facebook and then I have to set up a feed for Walmart. Are you essentially doing that automatically now for the merchant or they still have to set up these feeds and run them manually? So we're doing it a through partially through AI and partially through a fully managed service. Uh, that's one of the big benefits to leveraging Phenomics. We have a team of uh, enterprise data feed managers that are essentially managing and optimizing this data on behalf of the merchant and ensuring that it meets the best practices on a per channel basis, right? And going back to like the, the questions around a Google versus an Amazon, Google is an intent-driven engine. So you want to be able to hyper-optimize for keyword density, 
on core product attributes, like your product titles, your descriptions, and other more obscure uh, attributes that Google deploys, such as product type, for example. Whereas a platform like Facebook will doesn't necessarily require as much intent-driven data, and you're able to optimize the data the, the attributes differently to also like meet certain criteria, right? Because there are character limits, there are, there are a number of like words allotted between a different product title or description, let's say. And then Amazon also, like Amazon's also somewhat of an intent-driven engine. So you want to have an, a tremendous amount of data on a per-product attribute basis to be able to drive more relevance on that product detail itself. The key, though, is really taking raw data as it comes from those, those sources of truth, transforming it so that it is, follows best practices as a whole, right? So ensuring that things like your GTINs are aligned correctly. They don't, uh, there's no negative space. The GTINs follow the correct format, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be a good example of a product the piece of product data that comes in that's not always optimized or when it gets from the source of truth, it's not in the right way, right? It's, it's can be vastly, you know, vastly, you know, unoptimized at that oh, point. Oh, I've seen people make so up really, ketins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like completely out of the blue, right? So it's like, you know, like, oh, we're just going to put some numbers in here and just assume that yeah. it works. No, it's, it follows a standard, you know, uh, attribute process. So again, through the hot homogenization of that data and then transformation, we're able to uh, you know, disperse across all these different channels. Uh, the major AI component comes with product categorization, which is a huge component to all channels. So we have our feed AI that looks at uh, specifically a Google product category, and it can automatically assign Google product category at a very high uh, success rate, on average, probably around 98% or even higher based on where a product needs to fit. So for example, if a short sleeve shirt is being brought into the Phenomics platform and sent out to Google, Google might think that because there's the word short in it, that it will be in the shorts category, right. which then kind of messes up where it should appear in the search results or even in the, in the shopping results online. Our AI is ensuring that it fits into the proper category. So it improves the relevance and ensures that when people are searching, that's falling into the correct category and it appears more often within the results. Okay. Now, is the data, is it like a two-way? So like when something happens on, say, Facebook, the, it is purchased, then the data goes back to the source to let it know? I mean, so like, it, does it update inventory? Is it straight just sending information to those, uh, to Facebook and Google and all them? Yeah. So for ads channels, it's a one-way. It would be sending the data out to these various different channels. Where the two-way street comes in is for marketplace and order and order management. So being able to automatically sync orders between 3P marketplaces, inv- sync inventory levels, um, and get that uh, that fulfillment data back out to the various different channels, like your Amazons, your WalMarts, your Ebays of the world. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, I'm trying to think. I'm like, well, do people have to rewind their Facebook marketplaces? <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you never know. You never know. We're always looking at well, new platforms. <laughs> I mean, to 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 speak on, I mean, data backup. I mean, if a website's going down, that is a, a terrible detriment to channel management because once the website goes down, it can very easily be. Uh, it'll turn off all of their marketing campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google will shut down. Sometimes Google will even suspend their merchant mm-hmm. center accounts in some cases if a site is down or there's an issue with the product data being passed. And if we're losing product data, or even we're losing order data, that's even worse. Because then for the merchant, I, I, obviously, that's a, a horrible detriment. But then to the channels, uh, there's not a consistent data flow that's going back. 
yeah, loss of sales, loss of reputation, and worse, you know, down the line. So it just trickle down effect. It's interesting that you say that because, you know, we've had instances where we've had to take a server down to do work on it, you know, so the, the store's down. I'll have the merchant calling me going, well, how long is this going to take? Should I take my Google ads down? I don't want Google coming back and looking at me right now. And how long is it going to be? Right. You know, I'm like, uh, uh, work two hours? You know, maybe if it's more than that, I'll let you know. Well, I'm going to take my ads down just in case. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. Hey, and I would say there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, yeah it to be, absolutely. you know, if you can be, and if you can be proactive in that effort, uh, even better, just to avoid any potential problems that might arise from that. Yeah. So. Yeah, there was a story recently as well that um, it was a it was a merchant that really <laughs> I won't get into who it was, but they let's just say their big day of sales is Hump Day. So they had a sale that goes out every every Wednesday, and their store there there were some issues with their store, so they ended up pausing their sales campaigns that they would send out or any sort of ad campaigns, any Clavio campaigns as well for email. And they were able to stop those before any implications happened and re-pivot the sale for Thursday, put out some old inventory, a new sale, and it actually refreshed the customer base, got a lot of good feedback. I'm not sure exact percentages, but they saw a really good increase in the click-through rate and even sales rate as well. So, you know, blessing in disguise, just to be able to proactively see these kind of scenarios and, and act on those, right? Right. So in the case of, let's say, the catastrophe and the site's down and they've lost data, how long does it take to get it back up with Rewind? really depends on the size of the store. Um, so it could take an hour to four to five hours, maybe a day. Like we've we've had a store that went down. It was about 11,000 SKUs. We, it took us a few hours, but if it was manual, it would have taken 110 days. Like mm-hmm. it's... Examples like that, so that's it's hard to say, but it's uh, it's a few hours. So well, yeah, I mean, very very minimal. <laughs> most platforms, I mean, you can't put that many SKUs in at a time anyway. I think you're exactly. really limited to a certain amount yeah. of SKUs on the CSV yeah. upload. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fun. No, no. Well, and not to mention, I mean, you know, it's it's not just the loss of the products and the data, but you lose your customer base. How do you get that back? Yeah, you know, trust and you lose trust. Yeah, I and because you know, and then you know, if you say you you were smart enough to export them at one point in time, but now you're calling all those customers and asking them to reapply to your store and set their accounts all up again because you know your store's wished and washed and you know and, and that doesn't look good. <laughs> so, I mean, because we've had it where you know someone would replatform. And, you know, when you replatform, you have to set the accounts up again. They don't, because mo- in most cases, customer account, their private data does not come over. Um, and so even something like that, you know, you, you, you get a loss of, of customer data. So I couldn't even imagine losing it all and, and then not being able to, to bring it back. Now, I have a question because you know, I, I know, you know digital marketing and I know how the ads and, and I've done feeds, but if they have customer accounts that are, say, through Facebook or Google or something like that, is, is that part of Feedonomics too? Or is it just product-based? For feeds management, it's just product-based, right? The, again, the, the side of like customer or customer data information that is being passed for is primarily only around the order of data. 
that goes from a 3P marketplace. I mean, you could even call out to like Google, buy on Google, which is a um, Google's marketplace solution. But other than that, it's not that we don't necessarily own or, or, or hold kind of any kind of data sway over like customer accounts on these particular platforms. Like, especially if you're looking at, like, say, the European countries right now, you know, a lot of the, the GDPR and stuff is that you're not allowed to save the customer data unless they give you permission. If it's part of a feed and they have permission, then that's under the order management. Correct. It would be under the order management, and then the GDPR would be governing based on the merchant's ownership of customer data, right? Okay. So since it's the, we don't own the customer data. It's, it's, you know, it's it's encrypted and, and, and secured data. Gotcha. The data itself... Um, is then covered under GDPR or even CCPA, like for example, for um, yeah. that would be covered by the merchant. And then a request for you know removal, right? A request for removal of personal PII would have to go directly to a merchant in that case. Okay, so that it wouldn't have anything to do with Vitamonics at that point. So no, not at that point. No, we wouldn't. We don't govern over that particular. Okay, so we're talking about omni-channel. So I know that you know, there's a lot of buzzwords out there. So. What's the difference between omni-channel, multi-channel, and single-channel? Sure. So uh, I would say that the best way to describe this would be uh, in like a maturity scale for a merchant, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a single-channel would probably be something like your D2C website, right? It'd be you're only selling through your D2C. Maybe you're only going through organic traffic, maybe using email or SMS or other types of channels that are non-digital marketing in nature. That could be what could be considered single-channel. As we increase the maturity level, we'll have merchants that are, you know, a maybe growing in GMV after, you know, launching and uh, gearing up with organic traffic. They can start looking to ads channels. Like most will put most of their budget towards a Google, for example, to start out. And Meta, these are the two like major channels that uh, are for listings and ads management. And maybe one marketplace channel, likely an Amazon in that right. case, right? And you know, in the example for e-commerce, let's say there are native apps and integrations that e-commerce has built that generate. For the smaller multi-channel merchant, the, the necessary uh, feeds and also some order management that goes back and forth between the big commerce stores, specifically into those channels. When you're getting into the range of, range of omni-channels, when you're really starting to expose a merchant to everything that is a driving factor for revenue for their business. This could be, from a digital perspective, all of their ads channels, all of their marketplace channels. Um, and even looking to things like, you know, when we think about omni-channel, we would think uh, in-store or... Uh, a buy online pick uh, a pickup oh, okay. a buy online a pickup in store brick and mortar uh, you could include again email SMS and other like non digital marketing potential you know at least in the scope of like what digital marketing I'm considering uh, would be as a channels right so it, it, and a merchant would grow based on scale right they're scaling up from being a small like launch uh, perspective like they've just launched their website. To now they're you know generating GMV and they've kind of started to develop some brand awareness and uh, have a strong customer base and start branching out and building a budget on different channels for advertising because even you know Amazon you can do you know uh, advertising on Amazon for example and then when you get to a greater scale you're going to want it to look to really uh, diversify so that you have enough traffic coming into your website or at least you're doing enough sales off of your website through checkout solutions that you can sustain your business for you know the foreseeable future. Okay. So um, say it's a, a smaller company, and I'm not going to say like mom and pop size, but smaller. They do advertising on Google. So they have Google ads, Google display ads, and they sell on Amazon. Would they be mm -hmm. someone that um, would look at omni-channel or are they still in the they growth would be, period? 
they're in the I would call I would consider that in the multi-channel mm-hmm. bucket. Um, they haven't really explored other major three T three P marketplaces, Target Plus, Macy's, even Meta's uh, or Facebook and Instagram checkout, for example. Maybe they haven't explored those avenues. The case again for a big commerce store, they also might be using a lot of the native tools that big commerce right. has built or big commerce has built alongside partners to handle all of that for them and aren't yet, you know, within the fit for, let's say, a feedonomics, which is more towards a mid market to enterprise grade solution for, uh, you know, feeds and ads, ma- feeds and uh, channel management. As they grow and they're looking to expand upon that, they, of course, wanted then to start to segue into that omni channel narrative, right? They want to start looking at. Uh, alternative channels, even multi-regional channels, right? So mm-hmm. you can think about like if they're just selling with the United States, but also maybe you want to start selling within Canada or overseas. Um, you know, there's Hudson's Bay out of Canada, for example, is another marketplace to be able to connect to. There's also all the miracle marketplaces, right? So operator, this is an op- operator that allows, well, for lack of a better word, like the big box retailers to be able to build their marketplace solutions on top of. So these would be like your Saks and your Kohl's. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would also be something like a somebody going from the maturity level of a multi-channel merchant to an omni-channel merchant wants to consider so they can get their products in front of the diverse array of, of shoppers and the way that people shop. Because, I mean, especially ever since COVID, shopping has changed forever, right? Yeah. And in my opinion, still, the shopping still is primarily occurring online. Um, yeah. You know, for me, if I'm wrong, you know, I'm sure numbers might say different, you know, I'm, who knows. But frankly, shopper behavior is completely different. Yeah, I can see it from my behavior, from my wife's behavior. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Almost all shopping occurs online in my house. That's I sure. rarely go to the grocery store anymore. <laughs> <laughs> see, that is the one thing I will maintain. I, I was going to say the same thing. Go to the grocery store. I gotta see the no, steak. No, no. I gotta see them cut the oh, steak. Yeah, that's see, see that. that's the only <laughs> time I'll go is if I if I need meats and vegetables. But yeah, all yeah. my other basics, I'm like, I don't care if you pick up a certain carton of milk. <laughs> so. Long before I was ever in digital marketing, I came from the restaurant and hospitality business. So my parents owned and operated restaurants on Long Island and uh, in Atlantic City and in Las Vegas. And I was part of that ecosystem for a very long time. So I was originally a chef and then moved on to working uh, within the restaurant industry up until being a manager. So I think like that's the part of me that needs to still go to the grocery store. I need to be able to like look at the cuts of me. I need to be able to go and say like, if I want a duck breast, then I'm going to go get a duck breast. So I'm not one to, you know, (laughs) go on and shop online. And I'm still like, what's Instacart? You know, I don't, I don't get that. I I have no idea. Don't even ask. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the thing is, too, as I mean, like think like the Walmarts and, you know, even Amazon. I mean, they have their own grocery aspect now. Yep. Yes. You know, so it's like, I mean, on, on certain given days, you know, I might order from my, my local grocery store and they don't have XYZ. So I turn around to Amazon and I get it from Amazon. So, um, and, and so that, yeah, that it, and if someone like even grocery then would be considered omni-channel in some cases, right? Absolutely. You know, like, um, you know, Kroger is a channel that is supported by Feedonomics. A good example there. Grocery can be very much considered for the right product types, you know, and the scope uh, would be very much an omni-channel solution. They need to find the right connectors to be able to get their products in the shelves. Grocery is a huge, a very difficult territory, right? Mm Because that that is all about shelf space and owning shelf space. Um, Even an online shelf space is is a difficult avenue to tackle, but it certainly can be considered part of the omni-channel narrative. Are there any um, industries that that Feedonomics doesn't work with? Like, you know, because like I know some platforms, you know, they won't work with uh, 
with firearms or things like that? Is there anything that keeps, you know, any agency that keeps phenomics from working with them? You know, there are high-risk categories like firearms and like, let's say, CBD products and everything mm-hmm. like that. But there has been re- some recent changes. Google just had recently announced support for uh, CBD and CBD-related products in California, I think Colorado. Um, so there's an opportunity for those merchants to be able to begin working with a solution like Feedonomics. Mm-hmm. Um, there are channels that we support that are specifically in the, in the ammunition firearms um, space. Uh, they're definitely high risk and more difficult to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, we also work with non-merchant channels such as, you know, uh, the uh, the car market, you know, uh, working with dealerships, being able to sell, uh, uh, like with auto ads, which are, you know, now also come, becoming more prevalent. Right. And I think also as like an industry that saw a tremendous change from COVID, we're starting to see like the auto industry come back to life a little bit. And that's also become, that's, a, you know, but that's a smaller part, right? And there's other, you know, like travel and, and hospitality. That's also a part of, you know, because Feedonomics isn't just about, you know, product data. We are really looking to connect the world's data sources together, right? You know, and um, be that that true middleware. So we can, we, we can support not just specifically to an e-commerce business, potentially like hotel listings or, or, or bookings like that as well. Um, and obviously, you know, Sunny, with Rewind, you're not going to have any industries that you don't work with because you're going to work with the platforms and the platforms are going to restrict the industries, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, and customers vary. Like I mentioned earlier, it's, you know, whether it's a heavy code intensive, low order, very much relying on, say, marketing, blogs, anything like that, if they're going to do seasonal changes, if they're migrating platforms, if they have, in the automotive industry, we have a few clients that just have books and books of product SKUs. They just have a lot of products, product images, product descriptions. So we can really cover a lot of wide basis. So we're very, we're very agnostic. Well, and you had talked about it and I know, you know, it's it's kind of outside of the realm of, of e-commerce, but really kind of not either. It's on the inner workings is, being able to back up the things like Jira and someone's QuickBooks. Exactly. So Yeah, we're, we're always looking at new platforms. I think I mentioned Jira, Confluence, Trello, Bitbucket, GitHub, QuickBooks. We're, we're actually launching Asana, HubSpot, and Slack as well. Oh. And we're exploring. Yeah, was, that was an interesting <laughs> one. It was, it was based on customer feedback. And we're actually thinking now, we're, we're always, um, so we'd love feedback from, from the audience as well of what, we should back up next. And I know we're partners, honey, as well. So right. what are the platforms that you're working on? We always like lean, like to lean on our partners for suggestions as well, whether it's Clavio down the line or like ShipStation. Um, mm-hmm. what, is, what is the ecosystem using? Where is it heading? And how can we help support that ecosystem as well? ShipStation would be a really good one. We, yeah, there we, was some conversations. Yeah, we've that. had issues where we've lost data. And I mean, luckily we were smart enough to you know, CSV it before. But, I mean, you still have that downtime of trying to get everything back. Totally. ShipStation's a beast. It, is. <laughs> so. it really is. It really is. <laughs> so, okay. If you're talking about, I was going back to Omnichannel, because I'm, try, I'm trying to think like st- strategy-wise. What is a merchant's strategy? What is their digital strategy if they're looking at Omnichannel? So I think they need to think of it in two ways. They need to think of it from the an ads channels perspective, and they need to look at it from a marketplace's channels perspective, right? Their strategy needs to be about, A, defining a plan for where they want to list and why they want to list in those channels, uh, the pros and cons of each channel specifically, 
um, and ensuring that they have the right connectors and the right um, backend support to be able to, A, you know, for example, support the volume of traffic that could make it to their website from, let's say, a Google or a Facebook, or the volume of orders that they would have to support from a 3P marketplace like an Amazon or a, um, an eBay. No, uh, they say, need to be able to set aside budget too. Right. When you say backend support, what do you mean by that? So like other merchant-owned systems, if they have, you know, make sure they have the right order management system set up in their backend, make sure that they have their own fulfillment operations. Uh, Fulfillment operations can actually handle load. Um, And they also need to look and need to also consider like other opportunities that maybe offset things like fulfillment, like, you know, FBA by Amazon. um, And, you know, like recently, Big Commerce partnered with Buy With Prime Mm -hmm. to be able to support uh, Buy With Prime products on your DTC website. So now big commerce merchants can uh, effectively list their products with the Buy With Prime badge and have a entire, uh, almost, you know, the entire FBA fulfillment side of Amazon occur on their big commerce website. Um, so it's a, it's, it's a game changer for that. So they really need to start, A, planning out the right channels. And one of the things that we provide at Phenomics is complimentary omni-channel consultations. We actually work with merchants one-on-one and kind of help them guide, you know, sherpa them along in those solutions and what might work for them, what might not work for them based on, you know, A, their omnichannel maturity and also what they're doing now versus what they want to be doing mm-hmm. um, and being able to get them access to unique programs that aren't necessarily available otherwise, right? You know, for example, like Target Plus is a notorious clo- notoriously closed marketplace, but Feedonomics partnered very closely with Target Plus to be able to support that as a, one of the new marketplace channels available. Uh, Macy's is another example and just recently launched support for TikTok uh, oh. in the U.S. as a closed beta uh, for their checkout solution. Um, again, similar to checkout, like let's say for Facebook and Instagram, it's global availability in the U.K., but now coming to a closed beta op- opportunity within Feedonomics. Yeah, I wonder how many companies are actually working with TikTok considering that you know U.S. is going to ban it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. You know, uh, the, the, the the day that I'll say this, the day that I saw all those articles that they're going to ban it is the very next day they saw the article or course that say that'll never happen. But I can tell you that I was at an event back in New York City last uh, last year with uh, one of the Omnichannel partners and the talk of the town was TikTok. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there was not a single session that didn't talk about TikTok, then I don't know if I was at the right show. Um, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it is... I mean, I'm sure. I don't know if anybody... I'm, you guys probably wind up in a TikTok hole oh, yeah. once in a while. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So there's just tremendous opportunity there to grab shopper attention. And, you know, I think they just recently had 150 million users mm-hmm. in the US too. So like you're talking about a, 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 a user base with massive buying yep. potential. Yeah, yep. I, I just saw on our marketing channel and I wanted to pull it up just to make sure I was quoting it correctly. But QuickBooks, one of our... Uh, solutions, one of our platforms that we back up actually did a TikTok ad yeah. and we posted our marketing channel. So it, it's, yep. yeah, yeah, it's definitely, I, gonna, uh, definitely are still around. <laughs> I worked with a, a car insurance company that had influencers and the influencers did the ads on TikTok. And that's kind of, honestly, that's where I started kind of watching TikTok because I had to really quickly learn <laughs> all the algorithms, which are not easy, by the way. <laughs> They're very, I'm sure. very closed <laughs> about how they use those. Right. Um, I mean, even to the sense that if you talk to their reps, even their reps really can't explain it. it it's it's that it's that closeted. 
But yeah, I, so I was just like, you know, I'm just wondering, like, how many companies out there are actually starting to you know, move more towards TikTok? Because that honestly is where the next generation is. Yeah. I mean, my generation, yeah, we're, we still buy from Facebook. But like, my, my daughter just turned 29. <clears throat> she looks at Facebook for family only. <laughs> She's yeah. like, I'm not. On her birthday, people. maybe. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's like, you know, I posted a picture of her on there and I'm like, hey, uh, just to let you know, I, I put your picture on there and I tagged you. She's like, oh, okay, I'll go get on. You know? <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it's like sitting there listening to like reel after reel of TikTok. So once, That's right. I, once I started getting on it, you know, like I'll log in every once in a while and I'll be like, you know, 29 things that she sent me from TikTok. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, but it is funny because when from just within the course of a year, it went from like lots of reels to I'm seeing a lot more ads now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I'd say every almost every other, if not every third mm-hmm. thing I flip through is, is an ad of some sort. Right. Yeah. And it's typically a product ad. It's not. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's some stuff like, you know, apps and, and games and things along those lines. But I'm I. I often see, you know, fun gadgets, demonstrable products, uh, apparel and accessories. I mean, huge opportunities for merchants to go and take advantage of that. Yeah, Um, similar. And it's an emerging channel, though, right? So have to see what happens. Yeah, I was going to say similar on Instagram as well. That's one platform that I use. And um, there's actually a call to action on a lot of those ads, too. So you can shop now or buy now. So um, I'm sure the the next generation is, that's the apps that they're spending the most time on. There's data-driven there's data on that. So then that's where they're, yeah, they're buying well, I know the person. I, um, my ex-husband, he, uh, he has a, a, had a teenage son and I guess he's, well, he's still teenage. He's 18. His big thing was Snapchat. And, Huge uh, for yeah. millennial and Gen Z shoppers. Oh my God. I mean, it actually is one of the highest buying powers. I mean, out of all the social media platforms, one of the highest buying powers um, because of like the hyper-targeted nature of those types mm-hmm. of shoppers. Now, is that something young, that Finamox impressionable? Works with? We, we do support Snapchat as a as an advertising channel. Um, you know, BigCommerce also supports uh, a native app for Snapchat advertising. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, all the major social media channel search and, and marketplaces are all you know within the wheelhouse of Finamox. You know, and also some of the you know native apps to BigCommerce as well. And a lot of these programs are doing unique things. You know, uh, Meta is doing something unique with um, uh, a program called Jobs Ads, where it's helping mer- uh, shoppers. Uh, in their shopper journey, whether it's directing users towards different opportunities to shop online or shop directly in the store. I'm sorry, direct on the e-commerce platform. So, you know, whether it's a checkout solution or uh, in-store checkout itself. So people can either Um, check out in Facebook or they can check out in the e-commerce? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, essentially, Meta is working toward directing shoppers in, in oh, yeah. which direction best meta, fits their, you know. Meta, forget yeah, it. so it's not based Facebook. on their shopper behavior, you know, what what do you think they're going to check out most likely on? So they're going to deliver ads in a different way. But it's interesting, you know, my wife, for example, is uh, she's a marketplace shopper. Mm-hmm. Um, she, we, there are Amazon boxes always. There's always Amazon boxes <laughs> in my house. Uh, I like I, I think that's the normal American, yeah. you know, household notice. I think, just, I, I, think I just heard one get dropped off. Actually, yeah, it's like please stop, stop. Um, yeah. But she is also master Google shopping. You know, she is the ultimate window shopper. She knows how to compare products from multiple different merchants and retailers, and that's where the you know the the prevalence of search is so important still because so many people start and potentially even end their journey on search to be able yeah. to find products online whether that's on an ads marketplace or, you know, an, an ads channel or marketplace. 
But again, I think like that kind of speaks to why merchants need to be considering omnichannel. It's because shoppers shop in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And if you're not there, then you're nowhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, even I, if I'm looking for a, say, a bigger ticket item, I'll go look at Google and then I'll go to Amazon and then I'll go to Best Buy and and I yep. look at all of those and I okay like you know who is you know giving me the most details so by the time I've looked at all those I know everything there is to know about that yeah. product and then I go that's find right. the person that's going to give me the best price the fastest delivery and the best guarantees couldn't agree more that that's so. right I mean and you got to also take into account local availability and local delivery where you know Google has local inventory ads yeah. I, just you know just before we kicked off the show we were talking about air conditioners. And my wife found the air conditioner that we needed and it was at Home Depot and she knew to go right up the road up to, up to Home Depot. It was available in store. Yep. And Google is telling her that it's available yeah. in store. And there, there's a number of... There's stock. Like in how many units yep. are available in the store. Uh, turned out that there were no units available. I think somebody <laughs> had literally just walked away with that last box. So, but... But that's okay because then then it also says early delivery by right. XYZ date, which are new annotations that Google actually introduced pretty recently. You know, Google's really advanced the way that people shop online because they've delivered such an interesting shopping experience. And that's A intent driven. People know what they want, they search for it and they get what they get what they're looking for. But they're also to find it the way they want to find it. Fast and free delivery, or even, you know, pick up uh, buy now and pick up in uh, right. pick up in store. Well, it's like when I was looking for a refrigerator, my biggest thing was who's going to take the other one away. So <laughs> that, that was literally how I decided to make the choice. You know, so I was like, okay, who's who, when you come deliver it? Who's taking it away? Because I'm not doing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and the thing is, is I, if I remember, I actually Googled that. <laughs> so who can I buy right. a refrigerator yeah. from? And they and- take the old one. So, and that just, you know, that just goes to show you is that people are like literally deep diving that into it. And the better that merchants have that kind of information going to these, you know, the Googles, the Walmarts, the Amazons, the better it's going to be for them and their sales. Information is important. Because like I said, you know, I went to three different places and the person that gave me the most information is actually the one I went with. I'm like, okay, they actually know what they're talking about. So, Absolutely. Um, and product data is fueling this. It yes. is the lifeblood of all of this. So, I mean, be, having that phenomics is the core component that like homogenizes. Like we're proud to be able to be that middleware that does all that work. Um, I have a visitor. I apologize. That's fine. <laughs> we kind of figured. I can't help you, buddy. You got to go. He has a, there's actually a timer on the stove. He wasn't supposed to bother me. This, uh, this, is, this is now occupational hazard. Uh, Yes, yes, it is. Yep. And I'm bound to have a child coming in here and ask me for something. And I'm going to say, go ask Alexa for it. Don't ask me. Uh, And then I'm going to have a thousand Amazon packages. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 5,000 Spongebob ice pods. Yeah, it was funny. I think I was actually watching a TikTok and it was someone where they got a package and, and they didn't order it. And here comes their like little five year old. Oh, my package is here because <laughs> they'd oh. ordered on Alexa. Oh, no. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> my kids are too smart. That's the thing. Like, even now, like kids young as yep. my six and four year old are starting to figure this out. Yep. Shopping is becoming incredibly intuitive. They can do it with on Amazon, they can do it with their yep. Alexa device, they can do it. Uh, they can order products on the TV if yep. they wanted to at some yeah. point, you know, and. Um, that's just a testament to how ad- 
how fast I think we're advancing in, in the way that shopping channels are addressing the needs of every shopper, even if when they're they shouldn't be purchasing anything. <laughs> yeah, instead of crying in the store for the toy, they can just order it themselves. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's um, right. You know, we we had a we 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 hold a small internal game here at Feedonomics where we have a numbers guessing game, and you know, it's every Wednesday, and somebody wins a ten dollar gift card. Immediately, my kid asked me, "What are you going to buy me?" Uh, um, and I was like, "Okay." And I'm like, "Yeah, a book." I'll find. I don't know. A, 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 a stick of, it's you know. It's, it's only ten bucks. It's a stick of gum. You know. Yeah, what I mean? Right. And what's that going to get you now? All right. Um, well, I think we're getting close to time, so want to wrap it up with kind of some end questions. So, for you, Sunny, on rewind, if do you have advice for e-commerce businesses that maybe are just starting out uh, in terms of how to prioritize their their data backup and recovery as part of their strategy? Yeah, I think you you really, number one, you need to start it as early as possible in the process just because it should be at the forefront. It's, it's you know, we sit in the back end and we do the work behind the scenes, but it really is something that you need to prioritize because it is, you know, I don't hesitate to, I hate this example of insurance, but I don't hesitate to have insurance for my car, my house, or any of my other possessions. But, you know, I, I can I can assure you that a big commerce store is worth all of those put together for me. And that's a livelihood and, and the lifeblood of their, uh, what they're driving, what they're building towards. So, you know, I think it, it just makes sense to back up that data. And if you're in the development phase and you're working with great partners who are suggesting Rewind as a non-negotiable in their tech stack, that's mm-hmm. something that you should really take uh, into account as well. And you, know, you can just read our reviews. We're on the big commerce app store. I think we're at 500 five-star reviews and we work with a number of great partners like yourself too. So that's, I think that's really just getting it as early as possible in the, at least evaluating it as early as possible in the development phase. Yeah. Well, I know it, it's, it saved us a couple of times. We have a couple of customers that have it. So there <laughs> you, know, you, go. Saying, you, know, you know, you go in, you're working on it and the customer thinks they know better and they go make a change and you're like, oh, <laughs> Oh, I can code. <laughs> yeah, it's easy, right? <laughs> right? Anybody can do it. Tony, we already kind of talked about you know, the strategy for that. So let's kind of like, instead of talking about strategy, where do you see the future of Omnichannel going? You know, I think right now, I think we tapped into it. I think social commerce is what I'm seeing the fastest growth in Omnichannel uh, selling online. I think TikTok, although we, you know, Maybe it'll be banned. Maybe it won't. I think is the fastest, maybe the fastest growing a social commerce platform on the planet. Yeah. Um, Snapchat being able to target a very distinct group of individuals that have a tremendous buying power. Yep. Um, social commerce is really where it's at. But I think ultimately what merchants need to do is they need to, as they think about the maturity levels that I spoke about, they need to be able to justify what channels they're going to be leveraging. And my advice would be to look at the highest volume channels first and then go from there, right? So you're looking towards the channels are going to generate the most traffic directly back to your DGC website or where you're going to see the most shopper behavior in an online checkout solution. So that's where I would potentially, I would definitely lead to. If we have, you know, listeners or even, you know, later on, if there's anyone who's interested in getting more information from Phenonomics, where, where do they go? Would they contact you directly or do you have somewhere else that they would like them to see? Or? Sure, absolutely. I mean, I could, they definitely reach out to me directly on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I can support, you know, getting them in touch with 
uh, from a merchant perspective, directly with my team, but also even from a partner's perspective with our omnichannel partnerships teamers. Because um, we are, you know, uh, essentially a, my, uh, a marriage between the Big Commerce Partnership Program and the Feedonomics Partnership Program. Mm-hmm. But we're doing two things. You know, we are union negotiating on behalf of all of these merchants to be able to get them all these wonderful benefits with these different channel partners, but being, also being able to work with technology and uh, agency and, and merchant partners to be able to support their omni-channel growth. Get in touch with me on LinkedIn, email me directly, anthony.capitola at feedonomics.com. Probably LinkedIn the best since, you know, it's <laughs> it's a long name. Um, but I'm, I'm, one of, I'm one of very few Tony Capitolas out there, so you should be able to find me pretty well. <laughs> And same question for you, Sonny. If someone's interested about Rewind, where would they yeah. uh, go to get the information? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say I'm one of many Sonny Gills, so make sure you search <laughs> Rewind. Make sure you search Rewind in there explicitly. Uh, the email, LinkedIn is obviously the best as well. You come for me, Sonny. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Sonny.Gill at Rewind.com. You can obviously go to Rewind.com as well. We work with a number of great partners, such as Honey from Atmosol as well, um, who can talk about Rewind as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but we're on the big commerce app store as well. So you can get all the information you need there, but more than happy to point you in the right direction. So feel free to reach out to me directly anytime. Is there anything else that you guys would like to add before we wrap it up? No, no more air conditioning no, stories or anything uh, like that? Yeah, this has been, yeah, this is, this has been <laughs> great. No, but no, this has been an absolute <laughs> yeah. pleasure and absolute joy. Yeah. Right. I've had well, a lot of fun. Thank you. I don't want to talk about air conditioners. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're going to talk about them now, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the talk of the town for quite a yeah. while. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both for joining. And it's been a wonderful talk. So have a great day. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, honey. Thank you for listening to e-commerce insights presented by Atmosol. We hope you have learned something new or took a nugget of information away to help you as you travel the world of e-commerce. Until next time, keep asking questions, evolving your business, and learn every day.